Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. All right. I've got a special day today on the Bright Vibe Podcast. I've actually got two guests. We have uh, Bahan the Premium. No, that was wrong. You, you helped me out there. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Bonnie yeah. Premium. Yeah. Pre- I apologize, but we're going to yes. get into what you're, uh, where you're from in the podcast today. Yes. And, and Shelly Lefko, um, which is from the United States. But you guys are co-authored. That's why we're bringing you on the Bright Vibe podcast today. I love the topic, love the subject. We talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about uh, personal improvement, leadership improvement, business improvement. And you guys kind of, that's your wheelhouse. That's what this whole book's about. I would like to kick it off with just the title of the book and then get into a little bit of why you wrote the book. So the, the book is titled Hitting the Wall, Eliminate the Beliefs of Sabotage that Sabotage Your Business and Your Life. And then again, you guys are co-authored. But I love some of the some of the stuff that you've got. I'm looking at your website. If you've ever hesitated to seize an opportunity or been slowed down by self-doubt, struggled with work-life balance, leading to burnout and ruined personal relationships, viewed any failure as catastrophic setback instead of a learning opportunity. So basically, you wrote the book for me. Like when I read those things, I was like, I, I just you just needed to put little boxes where I could just check them. Like, yep, that one, that one, that one, that one. And as I read through some of the book uh, stuff, I was like, oh, yep, I checked all. I think I can check. I'm your like avatar for who you wrote the book for. I think I made every business mistake and every personal mistake you can make. So I'm fair game today on the show. Almost all of the beliefs that uh, limiting beliefs we discuss in the books, to a certain extent, I have experienced and I've had to deal with. And it's it's more common than you think. As I work with, you know, for the past twenty five years, I've been working with entrepreneurs and their ventures um, mm-hmm. in a capacity of a, an attorney and a business consultant. And different beliefs that hold them back have them experience this kind of hitting the wall uh, phenomenon. And um, as I help myself get rid of some of them. Um, I start paying attention and noticing a lot more of, of what they're going through and helping them through that as well. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then, so, so you're, you're in a, an attorney, you're in business, you're obviously about self-improvement, you're about leadership improvement, right? And you're, it looks like you're out there exploring. And then in 2015, Shelly's on stage and you're in the audience at a Mind Valley conference, right? Which I've had vision on the show. So he and I have had conversations. So he's been on this podcast as well. Um, small world when you get into this space, right? I looked at some of your clients and stuff too. I was like, oh yeah, I know that person. I know this person. Um, So, so uh, Vahan, you're in the audience, Shelly, you're on stage and you're talking about eliminating these uh, limiting beliefs. Is that, is that correct? Because this is, that's your body of work, correct? Yep. And so let's get in, kind of go into kind of what you've done over the last 30-ish years in that space. So how we met and fell madly in love is um, we wrote this book, Matt, without having uh-huh. one argument. I mean, wow. not one, and it took four years. Yes. So, yes. And that's our claim to fame. Yes. Um, but um, he came over to me and he said, you know, I've been working with entrepreneurs. And just like my late husband said, when we worked in corporations, he told them what to do. They knew what to do. They said, that's brilliant. You know, he is not just a lawyer. He owns a law firm besides mm-hmm. an name statement company. Yes. So he's listening to me talk and he goes, it's their beliefs. Let's write a book. <laughs> so that's how the book came to be. Um, so 
for the past over 30 years, I've been working with people from every walk of life in every country, many entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's funny when you use the term limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. a belief by its very definition is limiting. Right. Because belief is a statement about reality that we hold as the truth. Mm -hmm. So if it's the truth, there's no room for anything else. Right. So we get rid of people's beliefs permanently by taking them through this uh, process that my late husband um, divined. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the beliefs in the book are beliefs that, you know, my my story is when my husband died eight years ago, I did not know the difference between a P&L and a balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you said to me, you want to run a business? I'd say, well, you could shoot me in the head first. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> right, right. Not interesting to me. Right. In front of a thousand people, put anybody in front of me, their life will transform. But mm -hmm. run a business? And I had to. I had to step up. Mm -hmm. couldn't bring anybody in. It just, it didn't work financially. It didn't work from a body of knowledge, you know, so I had to step up and I did. And by, because of the beliefs that I had worked on, mistakes and failures are bad and I'm not good enough and I'm not capable. And if I make a mistake or fail, I'll be rejected. And the belief that ran my life, which is very, very common uh, for a lot of people, is what makes me good enough or what makes me important is having other people think mm. well of me. Right. And I got rid of that belief. I was able to step up and do it and ask for help and make mistakes. And I have tripled our business from when my husband died. And it, I could never have done that having the beliefs that I had. Yeah. And, and, and so I've had, have currently, you know, we, I think we all still have limiting beliefs. Um, as we evolve, we try to upgrade those yeah. limiting beliefs, right? So let's, let's find more empowering belief systems right. anyway, if, to your point, all beliefs are limiting in and of themselves. But as we kind of look at upgrading those, uh, limiting beliefs, I guess let's dive into a little bit of the, of what you've written about here, but kind of. One, just being aware that we all have them, right? We all have these, no matter how successful or how happy or how, what, put whatever label you want, however, what you are, there's some beliefs and they're kind of like a thermostat, right? They're kind of uh, to a lot, like a, a lot of people, meaning they have a set point. So if we let that limiting belief in there, even if we have some success, we'll come back down to that set point. Meaning it's kind of like people that lose and gain weight all the time. They kind of have a set weight that they, for the most part, stay at most of their lives. It's kind of like that with limiting beliefs around money or around personal relationships. Unless we fix these things that are limiting beliefs, we always come back kind of to our set point. So, you know, it's like lottery winners, right? You all we, it's kind of cliche now that if you win the lottery within, I don't know, five years, you're bankrupt financially mm -hmm. because you don't know how to treat wealth. You don't know. I mean, there was no education. You're just instantly wealthy overnight. And then that wealth you spend through it and your NFL players and professional athletes, same problem, right? They just have never had wealth. And in the book, you kind of describe this, but in essence, one, how do you recognize and identify what's holding you back? And then, and then what do you do about it? And you're absolutely right. You know, the motivation or anything else will take you only so far, mm -hmm. which is why January 1st, 
all the gyms are full of mm -hmm. people working out and then come February, they're back to whatever the pattern they were in before mm -hmm. they made these resolutions. And so, um, beliefs, having the right beliefs will help you sustain whatever goals you set. And obviously getting rid of your limiting beliefs doesn't mean your business will soar and triple and quadruple. It just means that you're not going to have these chains holding you back. It, you just get a chance to really focus on the business and let the business, you know, grow without you sabotaging it or holding it back. Um, for me personally, um, I've noticed patterns and there's usually, if you have a belief, then there'll be a pattern emerging where, you know, why does this always happen? Or why do I always do this? Or why do I always get to this point and, and not further? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and both for me and for my clients, I've, you know, I've had a client who every year her business will go up to a certain point and then it'll just kind of stagnate at a certain point, you know, and sometimes that happened early in the year. It's like, all right, I'm going to double, triple. And then it just kind of stops or towards the end. And so what is it? You know, for me, I had a lot of issues with, for example, money, mm -hmm. right? And so I'd find myself sometimes doing the work and not invoicing the clients just because money was um, a whole different topic I didn't want to touch. And I was just mm -hmm. here to serve my clients and help them set up and grow their businesses. And that conversation wasn't um, comfortable for me mm -hmm. just because as I grew up in Soviet Union, you know, the whole conversation about wealth and standing out and capitalism and, you know, um, all that stuff was having an effect. And as I kind of noticed, like, okay, you know, I can't, I would see certain cash flow issues early, mm -hmm. early on in my business, because if you're not invoicing, you're not getting free, <laughs> you can't sustain your business. Right. And so you're absolutely right when you said that, you know, the first thing is recognizing that you have these beliefs and the way to do it is just to pay attention of you know, what are certain patterns uh, that keep reappearing, whether it's in your business or in your likes. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, using this system that uh, Shelly and her husband um, put together to identify them and, and how to get rid of them. And Shelly, maybe you can come in and, and give yeah. some of your insight as well. And, and I want to also speak to something that um, you said, Vaughn, not invoicing is not uncommon. Right. Yep. <laughs> people who, you know, go bankrupt because they never, they mm. just couldn't send an invoice. You know, making money is not spiritual or I don't deserve it or, right. you know, whatever beliefs are underlying that. I want to make a distinction um, between a pattern, which is what Vaughn was talking about, mm -hmm. and a pattern is observable. Mm -hmm. So I can see you procrastinate. I can see you working 14 hours a day. Um, I could see you fear of public speaking. You know, could, you could see somebody being nervous when they're speaking in public. Um, and it's interesting because fear of public speaking is the number one fear in the country. You know, Jerry Seinfeld famously said that would mean if that's true, then at a funeral, I would rather be in the coffin than um, doing right. eulogy. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, and all fear of public speaking is, is. 11 beliefs and what we mm. call conditionings, but it's the same for every person. It's the only pattern that's the same. Mm. So a pattern is observable. Mm -hmm. Beliefs are not. Mm -hmm. Beliefs are what drive the pattern. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I'm going to talk about survival strategy beliefs. What makes some people who have the same core beliefs, I'm not good enough, mistakes and failures are bad, you know, um, all of that. What makes some people successful and some people not? And it's what we call survival strategy beliefs. So if you're a child, which is where most of our beliefs get formed, and you right. form the belief, I'm not good enough or I'm not important. So if you're criticized as a child, you form the belief, I'm not good enough. If your parents are not around and they work all the time and they're not, you don't get attention, you conclude, I'm not important. Then one day something happened. And I'm going to tell you why beliefs seem so hard to get rid of when they're really not. So one day something happens, you're an adolescent, and you start getting acknowledged for A's and goals. Mm -hmm. right? So it's either academics or sports, but right. you get acknowledged for your achievements. Mm -hmm. So then you conclude, aha, uh -huh. what makes me good enough or important is achieving. So now I have a beach ball. It's called, I'm not good enough or I'm not important. And it's in my face. But as long as I'm achieving, and this is what workaholism is. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm achieving, that beach ball stays underwater. So mm. it's like a heroin addiction. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I talk about one of my clients who called me and he said, Shelly, I am worth $10 million. I'm on the cover of business publications. My second wife is ready to divorce me. I don't know my kids. I keep telling them I'm going to come home for their games or I'm going to come to their games or their performances, and I never make it out of the office. When is it going to be enough? Mm -hmm. And I said, never. Because if what makes you good enough are your achievements, it's a heroin addiction. You have to keep doing it because every time you stop, up in your face comes, I'm not good enough or I'm not. So our survival strategies might make us look good. But in the book, we talk about watering all the plants. You have a body that needs to be taken care of. You have hopefully hobbies that light you up. I played pickleball already this morning. So nice. I'm <laughs> And I'll play again tonight if I can. So, you know, that's important. Mm -hmm. Taking care of your body, having relationships, having fun, having hobbies, being a good parent, being a good partner in a relationship. Those are all your plans. And you can't just water one. The other thing is the opposite of that is procrastination. No matter what I do, it'll never be good enough. So I don't pull the trigger. I don't care that there's a 2.0. And it's now, you know, talked about everywhere. Fail forward. It doesn't matter. If you believe no matter what I do, it'll never be good enough. Or I'm a loser. Or I don't have what it takes. Or whatever your beliefs are will make you procrastinate. And you can take every course on time management, and how to handle procrastination, and you could do affirmations in the mirror, and you're going to believe your beliefs are going to win out every time. And so, let's get into then how kind of the system that Shelley, you and and what was your uh, late husband's oh, name? 
because I feel Morty. So what was the system that you and Morty came up with to really help people, you know, identify, which we've, uh, you know, uh, talked about here, but then how do we eliminate or fix or, and I, I usually look at it, how do I upgrade? Cause it's gotta be, there's gotta be, there's gonna be beliefs in there, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. Okay. I'll let you, I'll let you go run with that. <laughs> um, so first of all, I want to, again, illuminate something you said, mm-hmm. a belief is a box, right? Mm-hmm. So make mm-hmm. believe you have the belief people can't be trusted, okay. right? Delegating is not a possibility inside, <laughs> inside that, box. that box, right? When the box goes away, mm-hmm. the only thing that happens is I can choose from all the possibilities instead of just the ones in that box. Okay. Which is why when you eliminate a belief, like Bahan said, it's not like you're, oh, your business is going to explode. You still have to learn. And a, a, the difference between a P&L and a balance sheet, right? right? But there's possibilities that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. You have to work hard to make money. Well, having miracles happen and passive income and, you know, is not a possibility inside that box. You won't even see it. If, it, right. if somebody comes to you and says, do this, you'll go, no, no, you can't do that. Right. You won't, you just won't do it. So... Beliefs get formed. We come into this world. We don't know if money is scarce and hard to get or abundant. We don't know if life is hard or easy. And we don't know if we're good enough or not. And you're born into a family unit, whatever that is. And it could be two moms, two dads, a single mother. It doesn't matter. Two parents. And the question that children ask is why, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have kids? Yeah, two. Two. Okay. So you remember when they were little? They still are like, little. Oh, they're little. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got uh, four and eight. Four and eight. Perfect. What Does your four-year-old ever ask why? I ask her and she usually just tells me because. She just says, no, that's the way it is. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, that's, that's and why it, you never ask the question why. And, and it's, and it's funny because I'm like, you're, and the funny thing is I catch myself and I'm like, yeah, you're like, the, she loves, yesterday she wore her swimsuit all day long. And, and before I would be like, <laughs> Sophie, why are you wearing your swimsuit? She goes, cause I want to. And I'm like, that's good enough for me because I'm like, why do I care that she wears her swimsuit? So now when she wakes up in the morning, she says she wants to wear her swimsuit. I'm like, okay, let's wear your swimsuit. Yeah, I'm like, so why do I care? Let right? me give you a little coaching. Okay. okay I, so I have a parenting course that I created because of what I've been listening yes. to for 30 years. Right. Don't ask the question why. why? Ask the que- We won't get into this, but okay. ask the question what. What is it about wearing your swimsuit that you like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much better question. Right. What, what is it that's having you not want to go to school will give you much more information than why? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but does she ever say, why can't I have dessert? Why can't I have candy or why is it? Not, not at four. She's pretty much just like determined. She's just very, uh, a willful child. Okay. <laughs> so you're the first person that's ever said that. Yeah, no, she's, she's a willful, willful child, but they still want to know, no. why can't I have a play date? Why do I have to go to sleep? She, she's at the age where it's, she just wants what she wants. And so she's just going to continue on that track. You know, right. now Sam, my eight-year-old, he'll say why, right? He'll, he'll want to know the explanation behind it. But the four-year-old, she just... It's as she says, now, 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 I want it. I don't want this now, well, now, now. Most 40 year olds, mm-hmm. in my experience, mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. why all day right. long. Yes. Right. right. 
Yeah. Why can't I have a play date? Why do I right. have to go to yeah. sleep? Why do right. I have to, like, why, right? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to eat my vegetables? Mm -hmm. So they observe their parents' behavior. Mm -hmm. And they say, why are my parents struggling with money? Why they can't they pay the bills? Now, here's the thing. Oh, I see money is scarce and hard to get. So in Bahan's case, he's in Soviet Union, so culture could make a difference. Oh, entrepreneurship is bad. Having money is bad. Thinking right. outside the box is bad. I saw that, right? It was illegal. You can't even do it. So if you criticize your kid, mm -hmm. they will see, they think, that they're not good enough. Mm. Right. If you look mm -hmm. at your iPhone while you're talking to your child, right, they're seeing is I'm not important. Right. Or yep. what I have to say is not important. Mm -hmm. Now, here's why our system works, and I've never seen anything else work like it. It is impossible to not believe something you think you saw. I'll say it again. Mm -hmm. It is impossible to not believe something you think you saw. So if somebody said to you, Shelly's a blonde, what would you say? I would say, yes, she is. Oh, she's a redhead. <laughs> oh, redhead. Okay, well, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. you can't say. Okay. okay. So, or Vaughn, Vaughn doesn't wear glasses. Well, yes, we see Vaughn wears glasses, yes. And you'd say, no, oh, he I does get what wear you're glasses. Saying. Yeah, 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 right. And they'd say, no, he doesn't. And you'd right. say, he does. And you would fight to the death. Yeah, right. Because you see, see him it. wearing glasses. Right. So I have clients all over the world. And when I say to them, doesn't it seem like you saw I'm not good enough? Every single solitary person says, yes. Well, sometimes people say I felt it, but 99% mm. of the time they say, yes. Mm. Now, I had five Harvard PhDs that I worked with who had the belief I'm stupid. Wow. They knew they weren't stupid. They had a PhD from Harvard, but they right. still did. And every time something happened, mm -hmm. that's what would come up. One of them wouldn't leave the job that he hated because he had the belief, I'm stupid. I'm stupid, so I can't get another job. Yeah, I can't right. get another job. Wow. So what we do is we have a way to help people get, you never saw that you were stupid or that you weren't good enough. You saw, in this guy's case, you saw your father smack you on the back of the head and say, genius, every time you made a mistake. You never saw mistakes and failures are bad. You saw getting yelled at when you didn't do what your parents wanted or going into the traditional education environment and seeing red X's. But the only place the belief existed was in your head. You made that up. Hmm, that's amazing. And so what do you, uh, so obviously you've taken all the time effort. You said it yourself. You took four years to write this book, Hitting the Wall. What kept you driving forward to do it? And then what's your hope with this specific message and with this book? You know, just seeing people, you know, I, I work in the entrepreneurial world where mm -hmm. people come in and they have 
uh, dreams and aspirations and goals and passions about creating something, whether it's a service, whether it's a company, whether it's a product, mm -hmm. and seeing them struggle in a certain ways that is has nothing to do with the business, has nothing to do with the economy, has nothing to do with uh, their concept or, or the service. Um, it's just really frustrating because these are people who put in so much of their time, energy, money, resources mm -hmm. into this. And, you know, in business schools, I've, I've um, besides law school, I've also gone to business school. Um, they teach you everything about how to set up a business, how right. to scale, brand. They don't really put focus or attention on the person who's making all these decisions. The person who is assembling the team or who's putting the vision of this company and values, right? And so you project and you bring in your beliefs that you have that limit you into your company. And that's how you run your company. If you have issues with, you know, conflict, because as Shelly was saying, uh, it matters to you what people think of you, right? Then you're not going to confront people. You're not going to maybe talk to your employees who are not performing or let them go if you need to, or have difficult conversations with whether it's an investor or a client or a, a you know, a strategic partner. And so these are the things that put your, hurt the business. What we're hoping this book will do is give that sense of freedom from these beliefs that really sabotage your, your, your company, your business, your life, and give you the freedom to make choices that are good for the business and that, that are good for you with that, you know, because a lot of these, it's like a software running in the background. You don't really realize uh, the decisions you're making or the decisions you're failing to make. Uh, steps you're not taking. Um, and then it's like, you know, I don't know why this is always happening or why I, I don't know why I can never grow. And so what we're hoping to do is just, you know, provide that freedom, that outside of the box freedom of people so that they can make choices that are better for them and for their business. And one of the reasons that it took us a little while to write this is because we really, we didn't want to write a very technical book. We didn't write one a long one that's going to take people, you know, months to read or weeks to read. Um, it was especially understanding how entrepreneurs work and mm -hmm. how right. you know, efficiency, time, productivity mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. is like, how do we condense this into this, you know, kind of just more, more efficient delivery mechanism that's going to get, get people just understand what it is and, and be able to either do it themselves or at least have an understanding where they can then get help and have real life examples. Every example in there are clients either Shelly or I had or worked with. Mm. And so these are real, real people that have gone through um, certain challenges that we bring into the book. And I love that too, that real, I think that's how, I mean, at least that's how I learn best. And typically I think that's how most people learn is kind of this right. peer to peer learning or person to person learning where it's like a real world example. So I can look at it and go, oh, if this person can do that, then I can relate. Shelly, what would be your hope? What's your perspective? Yeah. You know, somebody said to me recently, how do you listen to all that pain and suffering all day? Because many people didn't right. have the most delightful childhoods. Right. And, um, I said, I never held it that way, not for 30 some odd years. And I get out of bed every day so privileged, makes me, but so privileged 
to help people, as Vaughn said, to be free mm -hmm. from the limitation. You know, the mission of our company is to help people free themselves to live as the unlimited potentials that they are. When I listen, you know, I work with sexual abuse survivors. Mm -hmm. You know, that's mm -hmm. my favorite population mm -hmm. because you could sit in therapy for 15 years and talk about it and learn how to cope and get right. through it. And, but to actually go back and get rid of the beliefs, mm -hmm. like I'm damaged goods or I'm worthless or I'm powerless is a privilege beyond words because it becomes something that happened. You no longer have to define yourself by something that happened to you 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and the freedom that people get will never, ever, ever cease to thrill me beyond words. And to be able to put this in a book mm -hmm. and put the process in step by step, mm -hmm. you know, where people can go through it. You know, we have um, eliminate beliefs for free. You know, you could go online and, and, and take yourself through it. But some people like to do it, you know, with the reading in front of you. And so in the book, we take them through the process. And, you know, we also talk about how, you know, if you want to know what your beliefs are, the first thing is, as Bahan said, be aware of your patterns, you know, your procrastination or, you know, nothing ever works out for me or I'm working myself to death, you know, um, or my relationships don't work. You know, I keep meeting people who are, you know, how many women have said to me, you know, I meet nothing but emotionally unavailable men. Or how many men said to me, you know, I meet women who leave me, you know, and, you know, it might be their mothers whenever they are for them or walked out and they have the belief women leave. Um, I also want to say one other thing about conflict, because Vaughn brought that up as well. If you're a kid and your parents are fighting, and one of your parents is abusive and hitting or screaming or yelling or you get screamed at, you conclude conflict is scary and dangerous. Mm. And so now you're an entrepreneur, you have a business and you can't have conflict. You can't fire people. You can't tell people that this doesn't work for me. That's going to stop you. That is going to hold you back big time. Mm. So my passion and um, the reason we wrote the book and my hope is, you know, I was once on the um, stem master at the gym before pickleball. <laughs> I'm on the stem master and this gym friend is kind of looks very sad and unhappy. And I said, I said, what's wrong? And she tells me something that happened to her. And I said to her, do you want me to just listen? Or do you want to feel better? And she looked mm -hmm. at me. And 20 minutes later, I had helped her eliminate a belief. And it was actually, I think, a belief about either, I think it was about men. She got rid of the belief. And I came home and I told Morty what had happened. And he said to me, that is my dream, that everybody could have access to this process and help people just like that, mm. just like that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, I it's love not, it. And, it's, and it's not even just you. I imagine the impact that's having to 
your kids as they see you, right? you know, thrive and reach your potential and possibility and your family and your friends that you inspire. And, and so that impact doesn't just stay, you know, your employees, you know, your clients. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that starts with you, but really has that effect on everyone around you. Totally, totally, totally. And if you get rid of the belief, I'm not important, which is one of the most common mm-hmm. beliefs, and your child ignores you, you don't get angry because you don't give it the meaning, I'm not important. You just say, honey, I don't appreciate being ignored. I don't right. ignore you. I'd like your attention. But there's no emotion. Right. You know, for me, and I've explored some books, you know, kind of the authorship side of books. Typically, people don't make a ton of money off books, right? They write these books to help other people because they're passionate about the work that they do. So it's not, I mean, some, you know, for the most part, anyway, I've, I've, from the stuff I've looked at. But so I, I just really appreciate the time, the dedication, you know, the work to the actual process that you guys put into this book and the reasons why to get it out there and hopefully get as many people uh, learning about this if it's, they're hearing about it for the first time. Um, but then also hopefully uh, for the same reasons you talked about, it's not, it's, it's important for us as, as responsible human beings, I believe, this is my belief, right? I'm going to throw that out there. I'll caveat it with my <laughs> belief. I think it's, especially as parents, as, you know, uh, spouses, partners, um, friends that, you know, if we carry around these hurts, you know, the way they say hurt people, hurt people, right? I mean, if we're, if we're carrying around these hurts, then we're hurting everybody, whether we think we are or not, right? That's the ripple effect. You can, right. it's either a positive ripple or a negative ripple. And you guys are working on the, the, it looks like through the lens of we need to take these negative ripples and turn them into positive ripples so that it does have the effect, positive effect on kids and maybe elderly parents. I mean, when we look at, I've had um, Mark Woolen on the show, he talked about um, generational trauma and, uh, you know, that's a lot of the work he does is around generational trauma. And that's what we're really talking about here is if we don't, that's what I realized in the podcast with Mark one day is like, if I don't really dive into the deeper work with myself. My kids inherit my beliefs. Yep. They inherit my trauma. They, I mean, they inherit through osmosis, really. I mean, and through observation. I mean, that's kind of what you were talking about. Yes. Um, and so it's like, if I want, if I truly love my kids, then I owe it to them to do some work on myself. That's right? Beautiful. To do, do as much as I possibly can. And that's, yeah. it looks exactly what you guys are doing here is this like, don't, you know, if we, if we can't find enough motivation to do it for ourselves, look around. Beautiful. And then find the motivation because my motivation is usually I'm more motivated to help others than I sometimes most of the time will help myself. And so I'm going to use that right as a good, right? How do I pay it forward constantly? And that's what it feels like you guys are doing is just paying this thing forward and saying, hey, you you found systems to, you found a way to liberate this, you know, these restrictions and these belief systems. And you just want to share that with others, which I think is beautiful. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. Vahan, Shelley, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I, I know that our listeners and our viewers will find value and, and the ripple, you know, you guys have dropped in a big rock and a small pond today. Hopefully that ripples out and continues to go out on, on the end of the ocean and affect as many people as possible. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having us, Matt. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E. Vibe, V-I-B-E dot com. Thank you for listening.